Welcome to Bronze and Modern Gods. I'm John. And I'm Richard. Hey, we've got a lot for you today. We're going to take a look at CGC yet again. Uh, I know, I, I, I guess <laughs> I was going to say I don't like talking about it, but I think I, I'm going to like it this week. Yeah, Are they? Yeah, are they making improvements? Are things changing? We'll let you know, and you can decide. Plus, as always, our underrated books of the week, the 25-year rule takes us back to 1997. And we're going to start off with our hot book of the week. Richard, what is it? This week's hot book is Wonder Man number one. Hmm. Hmm. Well, what did I remember us talking about this book at some point a few weeks ago? What is DC going to think about this? Well, go ahead. Tell people why it's hot. <laughs> um, news this week is uh, Marvel is developing a Wonder Man show. Um, mm. <laughs> because of this, uh, sales of the book have shot up. Uh, it's Wonder Man's first solo title. Now we're seeing uh, sales for high grades of this book. This is a one shot that came out in 1985, 1986. Uh, it's got a great Bill Sienkiewicz cover. You see this in dollar bins for decades. And now it's a 15 to $25 book. Um, this is not Wonder Man's first appearance. That goes all the way back to Avengers number nine, which was his first and last appearance for about a decade because DC Comics across the street saw a Marvel comic with a big thing across the front that said Wonder Man. And Martin Goodman, the publisher of Marvel, got a phone call from DC saying, hey, cut it out. And so they played ball and they kept uh, Wonder Man away until the mid-70s when all of a sudden DC launched a book featuring Power Girl. And Marvel <laughs> said, wait a second, we have Power Man. I thought we had a deal. And they immediately brought Wonder Man back to life in the Avengers. So it's a long, twisted tale with Wonder Man. That's awesome. I, I love that back, you know, back alley fighting that uh, Marvel and DC did. I know. Uh, just so you guys know, this is not Wonder Man's first solo book. It's his first solo title, but he actually had his first solo run in Marvel Premiere 55, which uh, shot up to highs of about 55 bucks for high grades and raws as well. So it's up to you which one you think you want to spec on here, I guess. Right. Absolutely. Hey, if you're not following us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods, why not do so? Hey, check out our Instagram right now. I got a bunch of slabs up for sale if you want uh, looking for some Miles Morales stuff and Ghost Rider number one, things like that. And if you like our videos, hit like, hit subscribe. It helps us out. Tell your friends, tell your dad, tell your mom. <laughs> All right, Richard. Let's talk about our main topic today, which is uh, CGC changes, uh, positive ones, for gosh sakes. Uh, did you get the email about the shipping changes last week? I did. I did. I was surprised. As, as someone who sends um, quite a number of books, I'm going to say quite a number of books to CGC uh, every year, this was a welcome change. Um if you live in the U.S. I've got invoices. I'm waving invoices. <laughs> uh, CGC is now using FedEx ground shipping. What do you think about that? Do you, do you like FedEx? Uh, so far, I've had, I have not had a negative experience with FedEx in terms of shipping books. I typically ship USPS, but uh, I have no problem with FedEx. And I think they went that route because FedEx does the um, – 
the higher rates of insurance on on packages that other services don't do. Right. Let's break it down. So CGC made a deal with FedEx. Uh, this happens uh, in my day job. You know, we negotiate with shippers all the time. And if you go with one exclusively, they give you a, a break. CGC got a break and they're passing the savings along to you. Um, so what this means is if you live in the U.S. for one to five slabs, it's going to cost you 20 bucks. Now, it's crazy. I'm looking right here at my invoices that from the books that I got when I submitted them a while ago that I've talked about. I got four slabs. I sent it uh, back USPS registered mail. Shipping was $57. Mm. I would have saved $37 alone on that shipment with the new deal. So I'm happy. Uh, and like you said, insurance for up to 100K is also included. Right, right. Uh, you know, it's, it gets difficult. When you get to those higher dollar books, the, the, the method of shipping is incredibly important because of that insurance. And to have them have a cap of 100K means if you're doing uh, high-end books, you have more now, now more confidence in being able to trust CGC. It'll cover your amazing fantasy uh, 2.5. Yeah, that's true. Those, those ship here, your Spider-Man number one this way. Right. Now, if you do not live within the U.S., you're lucky right now, uh, The same because we're on fire, the same shipping for international customers will now be $80 with up to 50K of insurance. So the insurance goes down a little bit there. Um, you know, I think you can sum it up thusly. Better deal faster shipping, more insurance. Yeah, I, I'm impressed. I, I, I love it. I don't know what the motivation for CGC, not just absorbing that as profit. You know, they've not shied away from profit in the past. I think they're listening. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, we should note that this starts with shipments that leave the facility on July 5th. So if you're getting ready to send a submission this week, I'd hold off another week. Uh, I would do it late this week or next week. So you be sure to get the uh, new shipping charges or heck, hold on to them until San Diego Comic-Con and bring them and submit them then. Uh, if you are going to submit books again, uh, are we going to submit books again? We'll get there because I have more good news. Finger bends, everybody's favorite new graders notes that's come out of nowhere. Um, CGC is taking some action on this. Uh, someone, not me, but I contributed uh, on the CGC forums, started a whole thread about finger bends and how all of a sudden all the books they're submitting have this note in the graders notes. These books were pressed before they were sent. There's no way they had finger bends when they left my house. Gosh darn it. And um, luckily, many other people jumped in on this thread with examples of submissions that were pressed with no bends, and they're all coming back with finger bends to cover in the notes. So the admin for the forum left this post on the thread. When this thread first popped up, I mentioned to the new QC manager that people were getting a lot of books that had finger bends in the graders notes. And I asked him to check into the page counting step of the grading process. Yes, take it away from the monkeys that you hired. <laughs> I went on to say that many of these books were pressed by professionals, and in many cases, they were hand-delivered to CGC. It appears that I need to bring up the encapsulation issue as well. Yeah, some people are saying when their books are encapsulated, they're rippling because the, the uh, pressure is too much. 
I'm going to swipe the image here and I'm interested in any other comments that people have about this. What? I'm interested in any other comments that people have about this. Well, you viewer, listener, I encourage you to go to the description below in the show notes, click on that link and leave them your examples. If they want to hear from us, let's inundate them with examples, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't think of this. I should, I sent in uh, a, um, a shipment of books to CGC with uh, the minimum minimum grade grade I wanted to get graded was 9.6. Right. Um, out of the 33 books I sent in, 25 of them ended up being 9.6 or greater. But there's no greater notes on the books that got rejected. So I wonder how many of those books were rejected because of finger bends. They were all yeah. pressed. They were all, in my opinion, 9.6 or, 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 or better. So this could really be affecting a lot of people. I just like the fact that someone is acknowledging this at the CGC level now. They're saying, oh, okay, there's more than one person complaining about this. There may be a problem. Let's look into it, which is all we can ask for. I mean, well, we can ask for more. We can ask them to fix it and, you know, retrain the monkeys. I, I, don't, I don't see, because of the expense of admitting there's an issue, of them ever admitting anything, I could see them changing their policy so that finger bends disappear, but I don't see them regrading the existing books. So Richard, I'm going to beat everyone to the comments here and ask the question myself. Does this change our minds about submitting to CGC? Exhale, pause. Yeah. For, for me, um, they have, there have been enough positive changes at CGC um, that if this was instituted, if they, if they change their policy on this, then I could see myself submitting more books, um, very specific books to CGC. I, I just don't think I'm going to ever be the guy who's sending them, you know, at one time I was sending them 50 books a month. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I just don't see myself getting, getting to that level again. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm always honest. Uh, I might take a few to San Diego with me. Mm -hmm. I might, you know, uh, the fact that they're listening is encouraging. I know you guys are going to beat me up in the comments. Way to take a stand, John, for three weeks. But, you know, they replied. They're listening. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to follow that thread and see. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm happy that the shipping thing was big. I mean, it was like, oh, these people are, are pissed. We got to do something. <laughs> and the finger bends thing came out of the blue. I was like, wow. Okay. So I'm just being, I'm being transparent. I'm being honest. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe ish. Yeah. I mean, as, as, as situation changes, it's fluid. Uh, uh, the more improvements they make and the better value that it is, the, the you know, the more inclined I'll be able to, to send in more books. Yeah. All right. Well, if you were uh, following us on Facebook or Instagram the last week or so, you will see that Richard and I both uh, had some travels. We were uh, getting on a plane and, well, I was going to say overpaying for flights and gas, but I actually bought my plane ticket over a year ago. So I got a great deal. <laughs> um, where did you go? I went to uh, North Carolina. We went to Outer Banks out by the ocean and did a family trip there and had a good time. Any comic book shops while you were there? Yeah, there was one book out, one bookshop out there, and I, I got some good deals. 
So you know the name? I don't remember the name of it. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, you lose comic shop in North Carolina. (laughs) Uh, I went to London. Uh, I went to the UK. Can you guess why? If you're watching on YouTube, (laughs) there's there's a giant ass clue on my uh, sweater. Yes, I actually, I know, roll your eyes, everybody. I actually went to London to see the ABBA uh, animated computer avatar, whatever you want to call it, concert. And it was amazing, but I'm not going to, this is not a music podcast, so I won't bore you with that. I did spend a week there and I went funny book shopping all over the place. Uh, The first place I went to was a place called Gosh Comics, which was, I believe, in Soho, Soho adjacent. Uh, It was cool. Two two stories, you know, the top stories, a little touristy, graphic novels, calendars, things like that. But downstairs, wow, some great back issues, uh, including Richard many 2000 ADs. Oh, I bet. Yeah, a lot of British comic mags. And Silver Age Brit reprints of Marvel titles like Amazing Stories of Suspense that reprints The Man in the Iron Mask, uh, Dr. Doom prototype from Tales of Suspense. You like that? All right. You like that? It's gorgeous. Yeah. And maybe a copy of Creepy Worlds that reprints Spider-Man 13. Ah. Nice. You like that? Uh, it's the creepy that reprinted, uh, reprints Fantastic Four 5. Uh, no, I looked for it, though. I, I did not see that. Uh, anything that was a key, I kind of grabbed. Mm-hmm. Prices were great. Uh, another place I went to that I liked quite a bit was the Notting Hill Comics ex- Exchange, which, uh, strangely enough, was in Notting Hill. Uh, <laughs> excellent back issue selection there, uh, both U.S. and U.K. titles with some great prices. Uh, how about Invaders Number 9 with Union Jack from the U.K., but a uh, Pence version? Hey, they spelled Marvel all color comics. They spelled color wrong. Anybody want to tell them? Uh, and, you know, a whole bunch of other things like uh, X-Men Pence copy. Anyone? X-Men 118 Pence copy. That is awesome. With the misspelling of color yet again. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, the best part of Notting Hill Comics Exchange is we were there and there was this, uh, I would say he was about 10 or 11 year old boy going through the back issues. And his mom is like there patiently. And uh, at one point, I called out to uh, my husband, Rafi. I said, Rafi. And the little boy said, yes. His name was Rafi, too. (laughs) And we started talking about comics. And he started quizzing me. He's like, did you know that the first appearance of Spider-Man was actually in Amazing Fantasy 15? And I said, yes. Who's your favorite comic book artist? And I'm waiting for him to say Rob Liefeld or something like that. And he goes, Jack King Kirby. Oh, wow. Wow. I think we're going to adopt you, young man. Um, <laughs> little, little 10-year-old John. It was. It was the cutest thing. His mom was so sweet, uh, just sitting there waiting. while he, as She said to us, you know, he never. all his friends are into sport and football. And uh, he never gets to talk comic books with anyone. So she just sat back and let two creepy old guys talk about comic books with her son for about a half hour. <laughs> um, it was it was sweet. I you know, the kids are all right. You know what I mean? Um, and then, of course, we had to go to Forbidden Planet. Now, Forbidden Planet. It's a tourist trap. I'm just going to say it. Uh, it was, you know, new comics only. No back issues whatsoever. Big emphasis on graphic novels, comic merch, games some 
kind of Pokemon card, Magic Gathering card stuff, but no back issues to speak of. Oh, really? No, they did have the new Marvel Spider-Man Fortnite uh, number one. There was a Forbidden Planet variant that I grabbed a few copies of. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was waiting for Forbidden Planet to be the one to blow me away. And unfortunately, it was not. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but you got to go to a funny book show today. Yeah, I had a good time. Uh, here in um, Ohio, there was the uh, Akron Summit County uh, Comic Con. That happens every year. Um, me and our mutual buddy Forrest, we t- we we go every year. And um, this year, you know, I, I wore my Doctor Doom shirt. I see my that. Wife, my wife got for my for Father's Day. I really nice. appreciate that, honey. Um, and I got a lot of compliments on the shirt, and and I got a lot of people who recognize me, which was a little disconcerting. Get them. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. It was great seeing people who appreciated the show. I got a lot of people saying say hi to John for me. Uh-oh. So, um, <laughs> no, it, it was uh, a lot of love for the show, and we, you know, I really appreciate it, and we, we both appreciate it. Um, we do the show because it's fun, and you know, and we try to share that with people. And if people resonate with that, that is awesome. So, what'd you get? Well, you know, I am in savings mode because I am saving for a big purchase. So, I went mainly to look at books and just enjoy the camaraderie of hanging out with my comic nerd friends. But I did buy a couple things. Um, one was a book that you requested. Oh, was uh, say, number one. Moon. Yay! Yeah, I know. Ralph has been looking for this. Yeah, first print. How's it look? It looks really good. It looks really, really nice. Nice. Clean spine, sharp corners. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's it's going to be a a book, good book to grade. Uh, if I take them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to preempt all the uh, comments. Go on. <laughs> and the only book I bought for myself um, was Daredevil, Daredevil 37. I thought you had that. I thought I got that. For you. Yes, I do have it. Okay. At the time I met the show, I could not remember if I had it or not. I saw it for a good price. It's a, it's a good copy. It can't hurt to have two. I sure. I, I will uh, keep whichever one is the best grade and the other one. Uh, I, I'll probably sell, but you know this is this is some of my you know some of the best characters. Yeah, Doctor Doom and um, Daredevil. So. Uh, hold on a second, hold that up. Look at Daredevil's arm. It looks like his shoulder's dislocated. That always bugged me. <laughs> <laughs> his right shoulder is like coming out of the middle of his torso. It's like Gene Colon, like crap that out of his colon. <laughs> some, and- some of the early poses for uh, Daredevil for Spider Man, for example. I don't know what, what was going on with Ditko, but... Uh, well, Gene Colon had a, let's call it, a loose relationship with anatomy sometimes. <laughs> well, Spider-Man, when he's doing one of these numbers, and you know, it's, it's... Yeah, but at least it's like, he looks like he has a skeleton, but go on. <laughs> okay. Those are the two books I bought. I saw a lot of nice wow. books um, because, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I had to justify whatever I bought, reducing my war chest, which I'm, I'm saving for a big book. Yeah. The only way to save for a big book is to not spend money on other books. And I didn't, I don't have very much that I need for the PC that um, is a, a lower purchase. So unless I saw something like um, uh, Love and Rockets, number one, first print in the high grade, that's always on my list. Um, I just really didn't see anything that I wanted to buy. I saw a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff. Uh, There's a lot of good dealers there. 
Um, and it's a great show because of the crowd. It was a great crowd. And again, a lot of people recognize, which, which I, I just find unbelievably flattering. I had a conversation with uh, a couple of nice guys who, who I saw when we first walked in. And I uh, ran into him a little bit later at the show and, and uh, at one of the booths. And he told me an uh, interesting story. Apparently, he bought 30 copies of Ultimate Fallout 4, the Pacelli second print, hmm. for about 70 bucks a piece. And he was having a hard time justifying the purchase to his girlfriend. <laughs> and two things. Number one, always ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> and, and number two, uh, I think you, I think you, you got to steal. I, I was talking to John about this earlier. You know, if I ran across 30 copies of that particular book for, for $70 a piece, it, I'd, it'd, be a, it'd be a no-brainer purchase. You know, of course, if, it depends on the condition obviously. But uh, he indicated these books were, you know, in high grade. When you get a 9.8 of this book selling for between five and $600 right now, um, spending $70 for it, even adding into the expense of getting it graded, um, you got yourself a bargain, in my opinion. Uh, Susie Orman would say, denied, denied, denied. But okay. Well, I mean, you, got, you take the top 10 books out of the 30, send them in to get graded. They're 9.6, 9.8s. Um, those 10 books will pay for the other books just easily. And you know, the rest of it's all profit. Yeah, indeed. I, I'm proud of you having the, uh, the will, the iron will to save because I thought to myself, I'm going to save all my, my funny book money for Comic-Con in three weeks. And this morning I was on a spending spree on live sales and I was like, okay, I need to sell some books to make up for that. Yeah. I'm not, not saying I didn't buy anything. There's some purchases I have made, but they're like 50, $60 purchases. I haven't bought yeah. anything, anything big. Well, you know, if we had bought all these keys 25 years ago, back in 1997, what would we have paid? I don't know, but it's time for the 25 year rule. 25 years ago, 1997, an ABBA reunion is the last thing on anyone's mind. <laughs> It'll never happen. And we look at the books from 25 years ago, including this one, Magnus Robot Fighter number one. Hurry? Yes, another reboot for Magnus. This is the first issue of the relaunch of the Valiant title that ran through the 90s, this time under the Acclaim Comics umbrella. Remember when Acclaim, the video game company, bought Valiant and they said, hey, we're going to use all this intellectual property to launch video games, movies, and merch, and we're going to take over the world? Remember that? Remember how it lasted three years? Good job, Acclaim. Uh, yeah, Magnus, number one from 1997. Great art by Mike Bacone. Always good. This issue also has a nice painted cover, uh, variant cover by Vince Evans that I've never seen in person. Uh, have you let us know oh, uh, despite the lower print runs for these acclaimed comics and a fan base that's been around for magnus since the gold key comics days you can score a high grade raw copy of magnus robot fighter number one from 1997 for a whopping three dollars on ebay however a cgc 9.8 sold for 50 dollars last november woo rich this run for Magnus lasted a whole 18 issues before Acclaim pulled the plug and sunk underwater, never to publish comics again. What a, what a weird thing having a game game publisher 
making comments. I think the only video game that actually came out based on the Valiant characters was the Shadow Man video game. I remember that for Sega, I think. Acclaim mm-hmm. did that, but I don't know if any of the others ever made it to production, never got out. Um, they tried to reboot the Valiant universe yet again in the last dying gasp of 2000 with uh, Unity 2000, another Unity crossover, written by Jim Shooter. I mean, they were doing the right things. Drawn by Jim Starlin. Wow. I mean, two issues, three issues of it came out, and then out of six, and then we're done. Uh, I've never seen an issue three of Unity 2000. Apparently, it exists. Um, I want one. If you have one, let me know. (laughs) Time for our underrated books of the week. Richard, you and that Art Adams and the X-Girls. Yeah, I love me some Art Adams. You know, Art, Art Adams seems to be a very polarizing artists either really so yeah there's a lot of people who don't i i i don't understand why his, his who, who doesn't like art adams oh that's what i have to say uh, sarah lee nobody doesn't like sarah lee <laughs> his characters you know they are they are i want to say derivative but a lot of them look a lot alike let's put it well, that way so you john burns people yeah know. that's this is true as well anyway my pick this this week is x-men hellfire gala number one the one in 25 uh cover by art adams i think it's absolutely gorgeous it on the cover it has the white queen um she doesn't have a lot of clothes on but that seems to be a theme with the white queen um it's it's something that that seems to be encapsulating or captured in a lot of cover art this is like a drag queen it's a corset a cape and thigh high boots what do you need yeah yeah um this this is a new book it, has, it hasn't come out yet it's not out till uh july 20 july 13th i think is oh okay uh this i i think this whole series is really interesting the premise is there is a a costume gala happening at the hellfire club and you get all these different characters coming to this to this gala and there's a bunch of covers with them dressed up um in in costumes that are different from their normal costumes you know a, a kind of like uh <clears throat> a carnival version of their costumes in some cases uh there's a gorgeous uh dr doom cover that is coming out where, where doom is dressed up in this awesome armor with this kind of a, a crystalline mask um the amazing cover so i think this is a great opportunity for people who like covers to uh, take advantage of. And this is Art Adams. Uh, the reason I picked this one specifically is a lot of Art Adams variant covers and, and ratio covers uh, end up having and retaining their value. Right now, if you were to go on eBay and look for this book, um, you're going to pay uh, you know double ratio, about $50 for this book uh, in, in high grade. But there's a, there's a pattern behind these. Uh, New Mutants 25, which is another uh, Art Adams book where he does magic, uh, Ileana. Uh, he does an excellent, you know, it's, it's another excellent cover, I think, of the same caliber. Uh, it is hovering around four or $500 for a 9.4. It's hard. To, I have not, I have yet to seen anything higher than a 9.4 for this book. Wow. Uh, you've got Young, you know, Young Alley's number six. He did the one in 10 variant there, which is one of my favorite books of all time. And uh, that is also a high value book. So I think this is an opportunity to, to, to pick up a, a great ratio cover for a reasonable cost. And, and hopefully this book will follow the same patterns the other books have. All right. Thoughts on the X-Men right now. First of all, I hate this trade dress. I mean, I, what is, uh, I know I'm an old man. I, this is the old man portion 
of the podcast. So feel free to skip. <laughs> um, Hellfire Club. Is it in New York still? Is it on Krakakoa? Where uh, is it? Uh, when's the last time you read an X-Men book? Uh, when they rebooted Powers of Ten, Powers of uh, House of X. Was it good? Yes, it was excellent. Okay. Absolutely excellent. And that's, but that's when this, all this trade dress started. Mm -hmm. uh, and I absolutely, I hate it. I hated it then. I thought it was, um, it just didn't, it didn't convey what I picture as X-Men. You know, again, we're old guys. I know. So, it's, not, it's not for us, but still we can have an opinion. Yeah. But it's the, the trade dress carried over a, uh, a new language that was invented. Uh, and that was kind of, it was kind of based on that. And it's, it is what it is. I'm not a big fan of it, but uh, I won't let um, a, a crappy um, Star Trek looking logo ruin my day. Well, you know, you're the second person to really talk up House of X. That's Hickman, right? Yes. yes. Um, uh, uh, my man, Paul, at House of Secrets in Burbank, you know, pulled me aside and was like, look, you got to read this, John. I know your taste. I know you used to love the X-Men. And he was really pushing it on me. So I, I should probably check you it out. You should read it. Uh, it. Professor X has had enough. Okay, him. don't tell me. I want to read okay. it. It's he's Professor X ponies up and um, big changes are made. And All right. it's a it's a great it's a great story because it takes place in three different timelines. It's oh God, I'm lost already. Go on. Definitely, <laughs> definitely read it. Definitely read it. It's a great reboot. It's the best reboot of X-Men I've seen because okay. it's it's uh, burn all bridges and reconstruct from from the ground up. See, that may be what has has had to be done because the last time I read X-Men was Astonishing X-Men, the uh the Josh the Josh Whedon run. Okay. Uh yeah, and that was really good, but it was really back to basics. It was like back to Claremont Burn. Here's Colossus and Kitty and Lockheed. I mean, that's why I liked it, but mm -hmm. uh, I'll give it a shot. Really? Um I will. My underrated book of the week is Marvel Premiere number 26. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. You and your Hercules. This is a good one, though. Not just because I love me some Herc. This is the first solo Hercules title. This came out around the same time that Hercules was in the Champions, which always featured him front and center on the covers. So I don't know what was going on in 1975, but someone at Marvel really thought Hercules was a sales draw because he was on the cover a lot, front and center for these things. Um, the story itself, really, uh, let's call it workmanlike. Oh, wow. That's not high praise. <laughs> it filled 17 pages. Wow. It had words by Bill Mantlo. There were drawings by George Tusca and Vince Coletta. There is an art team supreme. <laughs> um, yeah. If we see Herc show up in the next Thor movie, though, like Zeus is in Love and Thunder, so obviously something's going to happen there. This book along with Journey into Mystery Annual number one, could see some action. Now, the last sale for a 9.8 was way back in 2013 for a whopping 46 doll hairs. Wow. And I have a Pence copy. Pip, pip, cheerio. <laughs> Excellent. Color, color spelled wrong again. Uh, all right. Go get your books. Yeah. This week. Yeah, you read. Hickman, excellent story. You will not regret it. All right. And you, viewer, listener, whatever you're doing, stop. Go to Instagram and Facebook and follow us at Bronze and Modern Gods. If you're on YouTube, do us a favor. See that little thumbs up thing down there? 
hit it for us. If you have not hit the red button that says subscribe, we are beseeching you. I haven't beseeched you in a while, <laughs> dear viewer. Um, Richard, I'm bummed you're not coming to San Diego. I yeah, I am too. Um, you know, there there are reasons why, and um, they're good ones. They're good ones, but I am disappointed. And relieved that I am not going to CGC. I mean, now to uh, uh, SDCC. I'm disappointed because I love going to shows with you because you have a nose for bargains. I'm and, a bloodhound. Yeah. So that's always fun. And um, I, I love seeing the different vendors. I don't, I'm not missing the lines and the press of crowds that will probably be there for this first. Um, First version of STCC since the whole um, issues we've had in the past few years. <laughs> nice way to put it. <laughs> All right. Uh, hopefully, uh, I will see people there. But we have a few couple. We have more episodes and a couple more weeks before that happens. So we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Yep. Everybody, stay safe.